Welcome to the Joy Quota Podcast. I'm Dylan Fole. And I'm Gavin Malcolm. Our guest tonight is Travis Sims, pro cliff diver, adventurer, really awesome dude. This guy is all about doing what makes you happy and finding joy and, and making a living doing it. Definitely a lot to be learned and some really cool stories. Enjoy. I've tried teaching people like how to ride a bike before and it was just like I stood on a bike and I figured it out. Like it yeah. was so natural. And it, like it, I'm, it's so weird even to this day to try and teach someone like, you just, you know, you ride it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just yeah. You're just like, like you go down. It's like a cliff. You just fall uh, off of it. Yeah. <laughs> like you could land in any position. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Especially from eight feet. I'm like, okay, you could like, I swear you can do it. You could, like, I'm not allowed to push you, but I could push you and you would be yeah. fine. Even if you belly flopped, you would be yeah. fine. It wouldn't feel great maybe, but you'd be fine. That's one of the things that we want with this channel, though, is to, like, show people it doesn't have to be insane. Like, for yeah. you, you're, like, 130-foot cliffs and all right. this shit, whereas for this person, they get the same adrenaline rush, if not more yeah. so, and the fear and conquering that fear for them on this 8-foot. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, like, literally so many of those people who did that, they're, like, that was the craziest moment of my life. I will never forget that moment it was, it changed my life. Like people literally yeah. would say that just, be, you know, it's like, it's conquering your fears and it doesn't matter how high it is really, you know, cause every, you know, it, it starts out low. Everyone's scared of, you know, a certain height, you know, you just have to build your comfortability yeah. with it. You know, just Absolutely. like on the bikes, I'm sure you, you don't drop down the first time on a mega ramp on your bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> If exactly. you do, you're going to crash. Right. Yeah. And it's same thing with skiing, same thing with, like any of it you you don't go big on your first time you know so yeah. it's cool that i got to spend so much time with people who are so different minded than i am because it gave me some perspective on like what normal people think like i'm just yeah. like oh gosh i need to level myself out a little bit maybe totally but that's definitely something we can all relate to yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure well heck yeah dude I guess we'll just jump into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we're in it. Yeah. So. In it to win it. Dude, so glad you could join us. Yeah. This was like something we're super excited because you're one of the, f really, you're the first person we aren't like real close friends with. We've yeah. had one other, maybe two other people on the. That well, Connor. Awesome. But Connor, we Connor, sort of knew. He knew us and was kind of like excited about the podcast in general. So when we asked him, it was like, oh, hell yeah. And so then, but he had mentioned your name and I had been following you since yeah. at least, I remember you did the Colorado Cliff Cruise yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2017. So I've been Perfect. following you at least since then, yeah. just randomly, yeah. uh, cause you do awesome shit and why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're excited for our, uh, our first like stranger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah essentially, <laughs> not yeah. a friend. Yeah, it's um, always fun. Yeah, so Travis Sims, professional cliff diver. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I was born and raised here in Denver, um, Lakewood, and I. you guys know Casa Bonita, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I got yeah. out of high school, I was like, my first job out of high school is a diver at Casa Bonita. No way. And I did some diving in high school and stuff, so that's kind of how I like transitioned into that. And after that, um, like after high school, I never even really thought that I was going to be diving anymore. Like 
especially competitively. But then uh, th- uh, that job kind of all of a sudden fell into my lap. And I was like, cost me a cliff diver. Heck yeah. Like anyone yeah, who's from Colorado. Yeah, anything beats a job. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyone, anyone not from Colorado thinks it's only a South Park joke. Yeah, exactly. They don't realize it's, it's a real place. It's a real place. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's real. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like that job. And I went there as a kid, just like anyone from mm-hmm. Colorado. Like I went there as a kid every every single birthday, anytime that I could. Yeah. Um, and I'd just be like mesmerized by the cliff divers, like, oh my God. And so when that finally happened, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, Casa Bonita, let's do it, you know? <laughs> so I did that for a while. I ended up like becoming a manager, kind of the entertainment department, did a little bit of that. Um, but then um, I was going to Metro State at the time, or what do they call it now? Whatever it is. Like, whatever so it is now, Denver. CU Denver. CU Denver. Something. Um, yeah, I was going there uh, while I was working at Casa Bonita, decided to take a year off school. And then I decided to go to uh, Grand Junction <laughs> to Colorado Mesa University. Sick. Uh, I was doing some diving over there, but um, I only went there for a year. I just kind of realized that college wasn't for me at that point. Um, and then pretty much after that, I started traveling. I got basically like this. Um, I got recruited to do these high dive shows around the country. Um, the first one I did was in Pennsylvania at a, little Amish themed hmm. uh, amusement park called what? Dutch Wonderland. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like this uh, little amusement park in like the Amish capital of the United States. There's Dude, literally like right next to Woodward wow. then. Yeah, it's like there's horse and buggy parking like at, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, at the stores. There's like handicap horse and buggy and then all the rest of the parking. It's crazy. But um, yeah, so I did a dive show there. Um, basically what it is is like a big tall radio tower that goes like 70 or 80 feet up and then they have diving boards and then a couple other platforms and that show is basically shaped like a castle and there's like a theme to the show and basically we would just jump off the boards do some flips and there's kind of like a you know a show it was you know like cost of need if you've been you know yeah it's just like a little skit you know a diving version of medieval times (laughs) yeah exactly basically is like 20 or 30 feet how did you go? Yeah. Did you dive higher in school or how did you, well, how some did of that the, transfer? Some of the guys I met in, um, in, at Casa Bonita, they actually started taking me cliff diving because I had been jumping off cliffs. There's a spot in Morrison. It's like really small. It's not like a real cliff diving spot, um, but it was just jumping off, you know, cliffs into the river. Um, and then when I was working at Casa Bonita, some of those guys um, took me out to like Green Mountain Reservoir and some of those other spots. Um, and I was cliff diving out there with them and that we got like, you know, 40, maybe 50 feet. And so I had enough skill under my belt and enough springboard experience because they did, they also had springboard stuff. So I got hired as a springboard diver, but then they were like, Oh, maybe by the end of it, you could do a high dive. Um, and I was, and I was like, no, I want to like do it now, you know? (laughs) So I did one within like the first month or so. Um, cause I was just really stoked and just started practicing. Cause it's a tower that like, imagine like a radio tower where it's, you know, three metal bars going up, you know, like a triangle yeah. and then it's, it, you know, kind of crosses like this all the way up and you just mm-hmm. climb that and then there's different perches. So there's one at like 40 feet, 50 feet, 70 feet, you know. Okay. So, so you could really work, so your, you way could work up. your way up and it was a great place to train to do that. Yeah. And then after that, I just basically started doing uh, shows like that, but ones that travel around the country. So we would perform at like fairs and, 
you know, events like, you know, all sorts of different events. We had set up for like a week or two at a certain event or festival or something like that. And we would do those same type of high diving shows. Yeah. Um, Did you like bring a pool with you then? Yeah. So the company I worked for. Because it's got to be a massive pool. Yeah, it's crazy big. They're like these, you know, f- you know, probably five feet wide by 10 feet tall, like iron, like, s- like steel plates basically. Whoa. And they just kind of like they're just flat panels basically. And you just have like 22 of them that go around and they have like these things that you put a pin in and that's what hooks it around. Then you hook like a liner over that okay. and it makes like, you know, makes pool. your pool. Yeah. And then, but yeah, those are, it's just, yeah, definitely a pain in the ass to <laughs> set those up. Cause we did all that too, because yeah. honestly, you know, it could be nice to have someone else set it up, but at that point you're 80 feet up in the air. You want to be sure that nothing yeah. got messed up when it got set up. No one forgot to tighten a thing. So when you set it up yourself, you're ensuring like, okay, if something breaks, it was my fault because I set this yeah. thing up, you know? Yeah. But, but even landing in 10 feet is pretty shallow. Oh for yeah, it's shallow. You definitely have to train that part of it too because when you hit, I mean, basically the trick is you just, when you hit, like, you know, you hit straight and then you bring your legs up just sit um, down and then like well, and then you basically scoop so you use the length of the pool rather than the depth to stop mm-hmm. you so when you land you kind of go like this instead of just like that wow but it's a lot to think about when you're like yeah. that high up and it's <laughs> like a- sometimes it's a little windy up there there's um one of the shows the one in Pennsylvania there's like a bee nest of that, course like, <laughs> of course yeah and so you're just like climbing up you're like please please don't sting me but yeah it, it's fun it's a nice job <laughs> dude that's ridiculous it's very similar to bmx bmx i mean other than the the 80 foot off the ground part but like doing the shows well yeah and you want to set it up yourself you want to make sure it's safe you know the difference is the box jump takes what maybe you can do it in five minutes if you rush it yeah but a, a good setup was less than half an hour Oh, for sure. Like you could it's make basically a just park. putting the landing yeah. in the, <laughs> yeah. on the little trailer, which is, I mean, I just love that no matter what you do, there's a way to get paid for doing what you love. Like, yeah, people no don't get one that. In they a don't teach you that years, in high school. That's totally. the problem. Yeah. You could have given me a thousand dollars to come up with a way that you could get paid to do dive shows. And it never would have crossed my mind that that's right. like a thing. Yeah. And yet it totally is. And I bet it's the coolest thing ever, and I'm so sad oh, I haven't seen no, one. No, and it's like, it's and it's just, you know, I'm sure there's stuff like this in the bike world where people don't even know it exists. But, it's, yeah, I mean, there's shows all over the world. Like, I could get, I could move to China or Dubai and get paid, like, you know, 300 bucks a, a, a show, basically, to yeah. just go there. And, I mean, those are a lot more bigger commitments. So that's like, yeah, where you're like a residency for like a year right. or something someplace. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy the amount of opportunities there are in any field like even in gymnasts like you could be a gymnast and you could do like they do shows just like they do dive shows where they do acrobatic stuff and you know there's trapeze and there's you know there's so many things and i think people definitely get brainwashed on the fact that it's like okay you have to go to college to know what you want to do and it's like I think yeah, it's like the opposite. You need to know what you want to do before you go to college because yeah. otherwise, you know, you're just stuck in this perpetual system of being yeah. told what to do and what to want. Absolutely. And like 
I just want everyone to know that no matter what it is that you're into, if you get good at it, you can get paid for it. Like, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. It's yeah. so wild. Yeah. But I'm truly convinced of that fact. Like, if you're good at knitting, like, yeah. you could absolutely make, like, a killing knitting somehow. I promise it's yeah. real. Like totally. Yeah, cause, and that's, like, been my huge realization is that, like, you really just need to follow what you love. Sometimes it'll put you on the ground. Sometimes it'll kick your ass a little bit. But so will you know getting a normal job nine to five normal life yeah. you know like like the happiest people i know are the ones that you know just do what they love and have fun every day and that's you know that's what it's all about really definitely totally. i mean i'm in the, that exact situation right now where i was doing something i didn't love and i was miserable and now we have this and i love it and we're making yeah. the same amount of money, so we're going <laughs> to yeah. stick to it. We're making the same zero. Yeah. 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 It's okay. But with a smile now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because I, I I, was, like, always wanting to make cliff dive. I mean, it wasn't always cliff diving. I never would have expected I would be doing this. Yeah. Like, you know, but it was just I kind of got put in a situation where it was, like, do or die, you know, because I got – I was working with that company where we were setting up those dive shows mm-hmm. all around the country – and then I went to, he gave us this opportunity. He's like, okay, there's this water park in Arizona. Um, he wants us to set up a training camp. So I want you and a couple other high divers that work for him um, to, you know, set up this training camp and we'll, you know, advertise and get people to come out and pay money to do a week long training camp to learn to be a high yeah. diver, which I was like, okay, like, maybe there's not that big of a market for people. And then especially if they're going to be paying like $500 to come out to this, like kind of in the middle of the desert place. And so I was like, okay, but I mean, whatever, I want to move to Arizona. I want to be warm. So I was like, (laughs) I just need an excuse. Sure. I'm there. And I didn't think much about it. So I was moving there with two of the other high divers and I got there and everything kind of ended up falling apart. Like, the guy with the water park ended up kind of bailing and it just all fizzled out. And the, you know, my boss was like originally saying that he was going to kind of pay for our rent there or at least help, help yeah. because that was going to be our income is working for him. And he was also storing a lot of his gear at our house. So we were like, okay, makes sense. Yeah. Pay, pay a little bit something, but we didn't end up getting any help at all. So I got put in this situation where I'm like, okay, I'm in Arizona, don't have a job, spent a lot of my money to get here. And I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want to just go and get a like shitty gas station job yeah. or something like go work at Subway. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want to go work at a grocery store. Like, especially out where I was, I was in a town called Marana or Marana. I don't know how people say it out there, but it was like in the middle of the desert. It was right by like the biggest uh, cactus forest in the country. I oh, think. That's pretty cool. So it's cool, but like way out there. Like yeah, I can the imagine. closest thing, which was ten minutes away, was like a Dollar General, and then beyond that, it was like thirty minutes to the closest Jeez. anything. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was out there. What a weird place for a training camp, too. Well, well no, and like, <laughs> yeah, and it, it was like, yeah, exactly. And it was right by this. I, I thought water park in Arizona, and I was like, oh, it's going to be great. And it was literally like like you would see in a movie, like almost abandoned looking and just. Yeah, super sketch. Like, oh, man, this is. <laughs> <laughs> when they gave us the first tour of the place, I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. 
So what did you guys end up doing? Yeah. So I like the other two guys that moved out there, they were on, um, I think they were on, um, what is it called? When you get money, unemployment. Okay. <laughs> they were on unemployment. They just yeah. got money for being unemployed. And I was just like sitting here like, okay, that's good for you guys, but I have no money, no job. So I just decided to, you know, cliff diving was what I knew. And I had previously like a year before I moved out there or yeah, about a year before I moved out there, I met the guys at Belong Designs here in Denver. I don't know if you guys know about them. Mm-mm. They um, just like a clothing company started I've here seen in Denver. Store yeah, in Rhino. Yeah, yeah. So okay. um, I'm not going crazy because I thought yeah. I'd seen a sign that said that. And I was like, the yeah. odds that that's the same thing were zero. Yeah. Okay. So when I was still in Colorado, I met them and like got a relationship going. It was the first like real company I ever talked to um, about. You know doing sponsored work or just you know like maybe mm-hmm. you give me some free clothes and i'll give you guys some free content and you know we'll work yeah. together and help build each other up and that was before and so i thought about it and i was like maybe there's more companies that would be willing to support me if i support them and vice versa and so i just started cliff, cliff diving every day pretty much in arizona and just getting a bunch of content for different brands and just hitting up anyone that be, would be willing to trade, you know, money for content or even, you know, whatever. It yeah. Be. If you needed wow. something. Yeah. Needed. And there was like a couple companies I linked up with. There was some app and there was another, there's actually two apps. The two first ones I did were two different apps. They like, you know, paid me for some, one of them was like a, like it's called Shutta app, S H U T T A, and it was just basically like you take a you know video on your phone. I think I've it, heard if of you want to take if you want to take a screen grab from a video on your phone, if you do it on your phone and like press the screenshot button, yeah. it takes away the quality. So if you have a high quality video and you screenshot it on your phone, it automatically takes the quality down. Yeah. So this app makes it so you can you know take any frame of your video and you know screenshot it but it doesn't do the quality oh that's cool Hmm. yeah that's actually super cool yeah so um i did some stuff for them send them a bunch of content like tried to promote them a bunch they paid me another app paid me um i ended up just started to make money off that it was paying my rent it was paying my groceries it was paying everything and then that's really resourceful yeah i was like and and i thought about it i was like okay, what could I be doing to make money if I could be doing anything in the world to make money? I was like, well, I could just jump off cliffs all day. Yeah. Like, that's what I would like to do. So why don't I just do that? And maybe I can leverage a situation where that would help someone else out too at the yes. same time. That is the, oh, like that's the <laughs> whole thing I want to tell. Like I spent a lot of time like, um, with like youth groups and like pouring into like kids and um, that's like all I want to tell them because growing up <laughs> he's dying <laughs> uh, um, went down the wrong pipe sorry you're good um, that's like the biggest thing I want to tell people is like for us it was more second nature I guess really all three of us because it was more like action sports industry people just like naturally think that way yeah because it's the only way that you can get paid in the industry is right realistically to get sponsored yeah um and so like growing up riding stunt shows and things like that i was just like i i know for a fact what i do could technically make me money right and then like watching other people do it and then 
talking to you and a couple other people where they're just like, like we talked to one guy who he was like, I happen to be a good artist and I also happen to have no money and I was in the Middle East. So <laughs> all of a sudden now I got to eat yeah. and I had like this cool spot where the people were like so psyched on my art that they were like selling it for me. And then yeah. I like started making money just because I had this awesome. skill and I was willing to trade it. Well, it's a little different. Though I mean, artist is a thing. BMX, we had X Games. We could look up to Dave Mira and all this. I don't. Does cliff diving have that? Does that's. I mean, that's it? that's the thing about it. Yeah, it's that like was genuinely original. So thought. I mean, it's so there's there's Red Bull cliff diving. I have a lot of friends that do the Red Bull cliff diving. I've you know I even have talked to them before, and I've you know considered you know trying to go for the whole. Red Bull Cliff Diver Dream, and I have a lot of friends who are doing that, and it's mm-hmm. awesome. It's really cool what they do, but um, you know, at the same time, for me, my joy doesn't come from the competition of it. Um, it comes from the exploration and the you know just like being outside, being in nature, and just really enjoying myself and taking it all in. You know, yeah. And the Red Bull Cliff Diving is awesome, like I said, but. You know, it's just, it's already at such a high level that if I was, you know, I have, I would have to probably, you know, get a few more dives in to, you know, to be able to get a good list to even really compete. And if, you know, if I do compete, I would be like, you know, last place, you know, it's like, it's the bar and, of and entry can, is so the high. The bar of entry is so high. And it's also the other part about it that is, um, what I like about what I do is that I'm always jumping off different cliff heights. You know, there's rarely mm. two cliffs that are the same exact height, you mm-hmm. know, like on yeah. the dot, you know, it's like always a little different. The water's always different. And the, you know, they'll, they'll go to different spots when they do the Red Bull thing. Um, but it's generally some of the same ones and they're all epic. Like, don't get me wrong, but you know, my whole thing about it is kind of like trying to find these new places that maybe no one's jumped before or, you know, just kind of pushing the limit of how high I can go because a lot of, you know, the Red Bull cliff diving height is right at 90 feet, which is huge. You know, that's... I'm very uncomfortable talking is, about it. That is... <laughs> 90 will break you for yeah, sure. Dude. You have to know what you're doing yeah. pretty much anything over like 50, you know. But, you know, I like kind of pushing the boundaries and c- seeing what else is possible. And the guy that I was working for, Dana Kunze, um with the high diving shows he is an incredible dude he's um basically he's like a seven or eight time world record holder for the highest dive ever done whoa and so like and it was like 172 feet what yeah i'll be honest that's about 30 feet higher than i thought humanly possible yeah no i think it's it's right up there near what is possible but i think i think it could be possible to be done higher but was that like into a waterfall or just no? Flat that water? was that was flat water. That was into SeaWorld, Florida, I believe, which is fifty degree salt water. Which is yeah. salt water is more dense than normal water, so it was like dense. You know, obviously yeah, when you're hitting it, sure. you don't want more dense. You want less dense. Yeah. And it it was cold, which I don't know if chemically speaking or you know like yeah, if that changes if that it. changes the physiology of it or anything. But that's crazy. But yeah, and so that was and he ripped it. He he. I mean, I think he might have, like, slightly injured his knee, like, barely, but he walked out clean. And then they had, like, other people try to go higher. There was a guy who went, like, 176, and he got hurt. 
178. That guy like broke his back, but he like landed totally. Yeah, wrong, just something you went know? wrong. And so then it's just like a f- just a feet to feet or the those guys were flips up to 178, I think. Um, <laughs> some sort of flip, you know. That's the, so nuts. Yeah, my the guy that I worked for, he did triple gainer up 172. Triple Why not? Gainer. You're so high. So like, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> But You're basically then, base jumping at that point. Oh yeah, I've done. Fr- I've I have friends that do lower base jumps than that than That's what I've jumped. So crazy. But um, the guy Dan that I worked for, he you know kind of paved the way for that. He was doing it since he was like thirteen or fourteen. But um, the there's a guy that did it with like Red Bull, where I think they might have considered it a world record, but it doesn't really count because of a few reasons. First of all, because the highest dive has to be something that's a rotation. So it can't just be a straight jump. You have to okay. at least rotate a half of a flip, you know, to okay, make it count, sense, yeah. you know. But you wouldn't want to dive head first from that high. Obviously, you'd want to land on your yeah. feet. But um, the guy that did it from Red Bull just did a straight jump. And it was like 193. God. And he, like, broke his femur or hip or Jeez. something and they injured his back. He wasn't able to get out on his own, which – that's like should that's be the rule. that has always been the rule, but I think Guinness might have given it to him anyway. Yeah, they're just like, dude, I'm sorry <laughs> that you did that and you're permanently broken. Yeah, wow. So we'll see. I think one day it could be broken. I Do think you think 200 from, is possible? I don't know. Another seven. We have to be the right place. I think. I guess it, it yeah. definitely. There's like you know, if you're jumping into a waterfall, into the white water of a waterfall, it's going to be the softest water that you can jump in basically like if you've seen an olympic diving yeah. like when they dive off like the 30 foot platforms um they sometimes they'll turn on a switch under like the pool bubbler. and they have a huge bubbler to make it not hurt as much if you smack so if you land into a waterfall where there's something like that at the bottom and there's a few spots i've been just you know having my eye on it it's going to be a little while before i would ever yeah maybe attempt something like that um but you know, there's it, it would definitely be possible more so into something like that. Into flat water, I don't think you could do Yeah. That. Well, that's what's so cool, though, is we just discovered, like, you had a guy. Everyone that I know that's, like, in action sports had a guy that, like, somehow paved the way. Yeah. Like, we yeah. knew yellow with yellow designs and, like, yeah. all of a sudden we realized, like, oh, you can get paid to ride bikes. You can yeah. Like, even if you're not, like, winning X Games, like, yeah. you can literally get paid. Yeah, exactly. Like, for high diving, it's yeah. the same thing. Like, I, I would recruit my friends that just dove with me in high school. Like, dude, can you do a few dives off the springboard? You're fine. Come work this show with me. <laughs> like, it'll be cool. Like, <laughs> and it's uh, like they are, it's a little more sketchy than what I sometimes tell them about. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And then they get on the diving board. There's no handles on it at all. They're 30 feet up above the ground yeah because they have to but walk out because to they're it. 10 feet above the water you know and yeah because you know there's oh that's of right water. Yeah. so like if like it's really scary on those diving boards because the pool is just a little thing in front of you like if you would fall any direction to the right or left before you got towards the edge of, like to the very end of the diving board you're gonna have some problems. yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah but wow yeah so it's yeah the doing those dive shows is crazy like i really i'll do them every once in a while i might do one this summer um they'll they'll let me know they just call me and they're like hey do you want to go to new york for two weeks and i'm like sure why not you know because it's free travel free hotel i just get to fly out and go perform in a show a few times a day 
Um, and then the rest of the time, just hang out in a new place I've never been. Some of them are not the best places. Like, you know, yeah, just, I, I end up in, you know, you get the cool places, but then you also sometimes get the not so cool places. Right, the county fair. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like you get Alabama. bad, good gigs and bad gigs. We had one in New York that was like, it, it was the second biggest fair in New York and next to the state fair, okay. like the New York state fair. But it, I think they said it has more people or I don't know. It was like in bigger in certain ways than the New York state fair. And there was like thousands of people in the audience, every single show. Whoa. But then we do ones that like the first one I did, I was like, Oh, what did I get myself into? It was in North Dakota, my, <laughs> the, the North Dakota state fair. And I was like, Oh, get me out of here. There's nothing good in North Dakota. I don't think a couple views probably, but other mm, than that, uh, isn't maybe. that where the black Hills are? Is it, I, I think that's South Dakota. Yeah. Right? South Dakota is cool. With the faces. Uh, yeah, South yeah. Dakota is awesome, but North Dakota, there's there's not a thing going on. Come at us, yeah. North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one. You if you're trying out. to travel all 50 states, you, you you skip that one. Just drive through it. Just Real say that you've been the there. Corner. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah. So what brought you to Costa Rica? Um, so not this last February. They just haven't. But the February before that, um, I had some friends um my friend Robert Wall, Alex, and my buddy Briggsy. Um, they're other kind of big uh, cliff jumping guys. Um, and they got invited down to this trip by the company Paddle Nine because they want to do some promotion for their tour company because, you know, th- they know that social media is like a huge, great way to promote yourself. Yeah. And so they got, you know, they invited some of the best cliff jumpers down to jump some of the best waterfalls and cliffs down in Costa Rica. So um, they only had enough money for those three guys to help them a little bit with their flights and stuff down there. Um, but they're like, my friends invited me down there like, Hey, you should come. It's going to be sweet. And I was just like, you know, I can't, I can't make it. It was too late to notice. It, I just, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to make it. So they went, had an awesome time and I was super jealous. And the, you know, I was talking to the owner of the company a bunch and He's like, all right, well, it's cool. Don't worry. You'll go next year. We're going to do the same trip again next year. And so I was like, all right, count, count me in. I'm down. Just get me out there. And so then I think it was like August comes around, last August comes around, and he hits me up, and he's like, hey, like we got an extra guide uh, position opening up. So if you'd rather just come down for the whole season instead of just in February – then you come down for the whole season and you'll, and then you'll already be there for the yeah. February trip. And I was like, yeah, totally. Like, cause I, I just, get out of winter. Yeah. Yes, I was yes. like, wait, I don't have to be cold. Like, yes, of course. So, uh, basically, yeah, it was just a waterfall guide, paddleboard guide job down in Costa Rica in Manuel Antonio. It's like the most beautiful place in Costa Rica is awesome. Like super chill vibes. Um, everyone just like, they have the whole Pura Vida saying there where it's just pure life, simple life. Yeah. But, and they say it to everyone. And, uh, you know, I almost thought it was like this tourist scam. Out of, like they would yeah, say like, it so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, but then I living there, I see that they live that. Like they live the simple life. They don't need all this extra stuff. Everyone goes to see the sunset every night. Everyone makes it a point to like be outside during like uh, Christmas and New Year's. 
most families pack up all their stuffs, like all their stuff. I'm talking like full size grills, like backyard grills. Yeah. That most people here just like leave in their backyard for years. Those massive grills, they'll put in their truck and they'll take it out and they'll go to a beach, set up camp for like a week or two <laughs> during yes. during Christmas and New wow. Year's. And they spend all their time in the rivers or in the beaches just hanging out outside with their family. It's crazy. Yes, dude. Yeah. And people That's live on wild. so little and just so many people kind of, you know, just live off of the land too. Like we would take people to this tilapia farm by this really popular waterfall there. And it was like complete. There's no electricity used whatsoever, like at all. It was just this farm to table tilapia farm and they get the water from the river, all the fish, you know, they keep them all in the same size or they keep all the fish like with the same size fish yeah. so that like cause tilapia get a bad reputation for like bottom feeding mm-hmm. or like being like, you know, basically yeah. like poop eaters. Mm-hmm. But that only happens in like huge factory farm settings where there's a hundred different types of fish and yeah. huge fish, small fish. Of course, the smaller fish are going to not the get the yeah. food when they drop the food because the big fish are going to go get it. Yeah. And so they're going to have to feed off the bottom. But this place, it had like separate pools, like, all this crazy stuff, wood fire that you like call it in and like say like, oh, we have 10 people. We want this many fish. And then they would literally go down and catch it. They, there's no like refrigeration or anything needed for any of it. They just yeah. caught it and cooked it. I need wow. an eight inch. So, yeah. Right, so cool. I had like a whole fish every day pretty much while I was in Costa Rica. Wow. Almost. Every, I mean, every day I was working, which That's was a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. But we don't have the luxury of having that here well right yeah no totally it, it's, it's different it's definitely different scenario well, but you sure. can take the same principles right of just like yeah not needing so much extra yeah like i'm fairly convinced that you, having nice things i have no problem against it like, yeah i want everyone to have nice things but also like doing it well within your means and yeah. like, living below your means to where right have whatever you can that's nice, but also, like, there's so much more freedom in yeah. having, like, a slightly used car that doesn't have a car payment right. instead of having yeah. something that's maybe a little newer that you're making massive payments on. Yeah, and, like, the and level of ex- excess here just got so crazy and out of control that people just think it's normal. And, like, <clears throat> when I lived there, the, like, in Capos, Emmanuel Antonio area, there, it's, like, these two little tiny towns right next to each other. Um and basically, when I was there, I noticed more than anything, like, yeah, just like there's no excess. They have exactly enough for what they need. Sometimes not enough because, like, you know, mm-hmm. there's like one or two electronic stores there. Yeah. Like that, you know, your phone charger breaks, you go here or you go there. That's it. He- here, if your phone charger breaks, where do you go? Yeah. Amazon gas station, Best Buy, Walmart, like, and they're all within 10 minutes from you. You know, there it's like you go to the electronics store down the road. That's where you go. And if they don't have it, maybe this other electronics store has it. But I never felt like I was ever in a situation where I was like, oh, like I I need something and I can't find it. Like they have everything you need, but it's like they don't have like all that extra shit. And you don't notice that some of that stuff is extra shit until you get back. And I'm like looking at my room with all my stuff and I'm just like, Oh my God, why, why do I have all this? I just lived out of like a suitcase and a backpack for six months. And now I've like, I come back and it's a room full of stuff. And I'm just like, oh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, I can imagine. It's crazy. 
our friend uh, just got back from Thailand and she's oh, going yeah. through like the same thing. Same. She's like, I'm. She was. She just called me the other day of like how overwhelmed she is being back in the states. Yeah. And she's like, this is insane. <laughs> I spent a year over there and now like. I'll go to like the grocery store and I'm just like, there. Uh, what's happening? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. so much chaos going on. Yeah, I was the shopping gro- like farmer's market only basically while I was there. Yeah. The grocery store argument is, I I can't <laughs> imagine why there needs to be a hundred different kinds of pasta sauce or it's, what. It, it's yeah, probably even more so than that, crazy. honestly. It's so crazy. I mean, I get that there's like a bunch of different companies trying to like, you know, small businesses trying to make their own pasta sauce and all these different things, but it's like, yeah, it's way out of control. When I, when I got there, it's just, you know, you you have, you know, like the cereal. Cereal mm-hmm. is one thing where they have, like, maybe a shelf the size of, like, let's say this wall. Like, yeah, if this, like, wall, yeah. maybe, like, maybe. I would say maybe even, like, half that. Even, That's, yeah, like, their cereal. That seems pretty big. We here have a cereal aisle. On it's both sides. Entire... <laughs> yeah. Both sides filled like like top to bottom cereals, which I love cereals. So yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Like <laughs> I love Captain Crunch and all that, but it is just crazy to see that. And they still have good cereals there. They, they still have Captain Crunch. Yeah. But they don't have like <laughs> six rows of it. I think that's really the key though, right? Is like, it's not that you have to live with less than what you need. It's you yeah. just have to kind of really reevaluate what it is you think you actually need yeah. versus like stuff that's fun to have, nice to have. Yeah. Like, um, I think well, and traveling like, is a good way to do that because you are so limited with whether it's just a backpack or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And you get to experience like other people's culture, yeah. right? Like you it said, was, the Pure Vida like yeah. sounds pretty touristy and like cheesy. Yeah. And then you got the opportunity to actually be there and live it. And all of a sudden yeah. you're like, no, that's actually a part of their life like you yeah. can tell yeah and like I would you know I would talk to tourists every day like the people that we would take on tours are from Canada or the United States pretty mm-hmm. much that's it um, there's like maybe a couple from like the UK or something but aside from that that's the only people that usually would want to go on our tours so <clears throat> and that's why they hired me to speak English there you yeah. know um, but yeah it's just everyone who would visit there they would ask me they'd be like okay so this Pura thing it's just a hoax right like they're just like it's just a thing they say to tourists and I was like no it's like it's real they they say it they mean it and it means everything it's just like um like in Hawaii they have aloha or is it yeah aloha is like their or is it well, mahalo that's mahalo yeah whatever yeah. whatever those like the the Hawaiian thing where they have that or is it lo or no. Aloha, Aloha is hello and goodbye, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's mahalo. Uh, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's just the same thing where it's just like they say it for hello, goodbye, thank you, you're welcome, have a nice day, I'm having a nice day, um, like what's up, you know, everything. everything. It's just you, if you don't know what someone's saying, just say Pura Vida and then they'll be like, <laughs> Everything's <laughs> kosher, yeah. 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 <laughs> right on. That's awesome. Yeah. What were some of your favorite experiences when you in were Costa there? Rica? Yeah. Um, well, that trip in February was crazy. We called it we call it uh, Costa Flica. Costa Flica is basically just we get as much as you know the same trip that I was originally interested in Costa Rica about. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it again, but with more people this year. 
Um, so we had people from Canada, United States, all over come down, um, and all the best cliff jumpers came down, and we jumped all the best cliffs and waterfalls there. There's one called um, Mahia Blanca, and that one's like 100 plus feet, probably 100 to 105 feet, and it's seriously one of the most beautiful waterfalls in Costa Rica, and it's in this huge like. Because in Costa Rica, a lot of the waterfalls, the land around it is bought by someone and they maintain it really, really well. And they charge, you know, depending on what place mm. it is and where it is, um, they ch- they'll charge you a little bit to get in. But it's very well maintained. And this one sounds kind of worth it. Yeah, oh, it totally is. And this one had like an animal sanctuary there. And we worked out a deal with them with where, you know, we'll sign all these papers We'll shout you guys out. We'll, you know, help promote your waterfall in this place so that more people can see it. Um, and then, yeah, we like there's nine of us cliff jumpers. We all jumped it and there's like a huge crowd there for it. They had this like megaphone out and <laughs> it was just insane. Like all, and then the, the news came like the Costa Rican news and it was just, yeah, it was so much fun. Um, and that whole trip, we just jumped all the coolest waterfalls there. Um, which was just, you know, epic. There's so many different types of, um, you know, ecosystems and different, like, you know, there's ocean, like super jungly places. There's super like barren, almost desert places there. And it's just, yeah, so, so much diversity. Um, but then I think probably one of my favorite experiences just happened like a couple weeks ago. Um, soon before I moved back, like maybe like week and a half two weeks before i moved back uh my buddy chase he has like a huge youtube channel called adrenaline addiction yeah i follow him too. He's, yeah he's, yeah, he's yeah a lot of people yeah. do and uh so yeah he puts out some awesome videos like every week about you know just cliff diving base jumping extreme anything he's crazy he's awesome but um he he came down to visit me for my birthday um april so it's april 17th so yeah like a week and a half before i moved out and he was like yeah just you know let's go jump the best spots here so um we went to a spot that we took everyone to in february it was a 70 foot waterfall called el encanto and when we were there in february the flow was like pretty low it wasn't much of a waterfall because it was getting into dry season but there's still a little bit of you know flow (laughs) there but i took chase there and i was like dude just so you know like it's really dry season right now there's a chance that there could be no waterfall over the edge there could be a chance that because of that maybe there's not enough depth now yeah. um and there's also a chance that maybe it's deep enough but the water is really nasty because it's stagnant and mm-hmm. it's been sitting there and he's like i don't care i just want to go i want to go and i was like all right let's do it so we went out there um we we're gonna meet with this costa rican dude that we met up with or that like we made friends yeah. with and we get there and we see these workers, um, these guys, like at the bottom right of the waterfall, and they've got this little pipe, this PVC pipe going into the water, like the pool below, you know, and then it that pipe was connected to a little pump, and that pump was connected to another PVC pipe that was going 75 feet up, straight up to the top. And we were like, we got there, and our Costa Rican friend wasn't there yet. We just get there. We're looking at them. We're like, what are these guys doing? Trying to make a waterfall or something, you know, (laughs) just joking around. And our friend shows up and we're like, you know, who are these guys? What are they doing? And they're like, 
they're the owner of this land. I told them that you guys were coming to jump the waterfall. So they're trying to make a waterfall for you guys no to jump. No way. Yeah. So literally, I, Dude, I shout I, out to Costa Rica for being like, so down. This like the thing about it is like it's a seventy-five feet, a single piece of oh, seventy-five foot PVC. I, I just don't even imagine how they picked that up, like to get that up there, and like how much time they spent to do that. Yeah, how do you even in the size of a pump that? required there, to get the PVC? This pump, pump was like it could fit on this table. Like two of them could fit on this yeah. table. It was not a big pump. It was just like, you know, this little tiny thing. And I, we were just almost laughing at them. Like before we knew what they were doing, we we're like, like, come on, like that's never going to work. Cause they, we could see them trying to turn it on and trying to get it. And there was a guy like looking down in the tube. <laughs> so we were like, okay, they are trying to pump water up, but we kind of figured there that, has to be a different reason. Well, yeah. And we're, then we were like, okay, well maybe they're trying to make a waterfall, but like, you know, so for tourists, like maybe they're, the waterfall yeah. is about to open, you know, like maybe they're starting to let tourists in or something, or they're getting it ready. So that if a tourist does show up that there's water coming off the edge and it looks pretty or whatever, you know, but even, no, it even was those, for you. yeah. And they it literally did it all for, for us and spent, mu- must've spent like six, eight hours before we got there at 11 or noon. So they, they had yeah. to be working on that for a long time before we got there. And then they finally got it. Once my our Costa Rican friends got there, we hung out. Because once we found out they were doing it for us, we were like, I mean, you didn't really even have to do that. We would have jumped the cliff anyways. But they wanted to do it because they wanted you know, it to look like there was mm-hmm. water coming off the edge. So we waited for them to like set it up. Because um, we're like, okay, let's give them a minute. Maybe this could work. And sure enough they turned the pump on once and he was like shaking it around in the water and then all of a sudden like you know this thing's going straight up right like right next to them you know right above them and all of a sudden water just starts squirting out like you know squirting out of the top just popping off like crazy and everyone just starts cheering we're like oh yeah it actually worked but in reality like they're on the like if we're looking at the waterfall they're on the like right side yeah, they're so the they're not side. even they're not like it's just coming out and just coming right back on them at that point but <laughs> yeah. just the fact that water traveled all the way up there we were like oh my god this is crazy and so then there you know so much water is coming down and i thought that because of all the water coming down it like turned off the pump because you know the pump's getting really wet now yeah um but i i guess they turned it off and they like left and our friend said okay they'll be back in an hour and then we'll jump. And we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, so the pump's not broken? Okay, whatever. Well, I'll just trust you, man. And so sure enough, an hour later, they come back with another piece PVC pipe and an elbow piece. So at the very top, they hooked an elbow piece to that one and hooked another pipe to that one so that it's so going it got back over to the, the edge. Like So it's like going right next to the edge, spilling over the edge. And then they turned it on again. Sure enough, it worked got all the water up there and then it turned off and we we're like, Oh no. Like, and then we were like, all you know, kind of bummed out cause I ran up there because my buddy chase was just going to go first, but then we kind of decided that we should wait. And I ran up there to jump. And right when I got up there, um, cause they, they tested it while he would only, he was up there and it started working, but it turned off. Like I yeah. said, then I ran up there because I was like, oh, if it's working, like I want to go right now because it may never work again. And then I got up there. And right when I got up there with him, 
they finally turned it on, started flowing, and we're like, all right, it's time to jump now. Like, let's do it. So we both did like a tandem gainer off of it, and then we both walked back up two more times to jump again. And it was just the the guys there, like the locals, the people who own the land, were so stoked. Like, there's this little kid just like sitting in awe. They said they brought like some snacks and some food and some drinks. Um, they were just set like up. a ninety pound grill. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. If we were there for another hour, they probably would have. But yeah, they had this, uh, you know, little, you know, drink set up. They were offering it. They had like these plastic cups. They were pouring us drinks at the top of the waterfall. We we're like, hell yeah! And Dude. we just like, you know, put on a little show for them. And then we we're like, we have to th- like, what do you guys like? What do you want? How much do you want? Like, you know, we'll give you yeah, like, I, I want st- like forty you. bucks. Like, what do you want? You know, fifty bucks. What, what do you want? And they're like, no, 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 no. Like they, they want no money. They want nothing really. We're like, we'll buy you beer. Like what? They're like, no, you don't need to do anything. We're like, come on. Like, what can we do? And they're like, well, we just want people to see this waterfall. And like, we just want, like the reason we did this for you guys is we want you guys to be able to like share this. So, you know, when you post on Instagram, make sure you tag where it is so people can come here and visit and find it, you know? which is so opposite kind of to where, how I'm normally programmed here in the US. I never geotag locations because it just, you know, sometimes leads to- Yeah, you don't to, want to spoil a spot. I don't want to spoil or... the spot. I don't want places getting trashed. I don't want, a, like, you know, I don't want the my followers, how, whoever, however many and whoever they may be, if, you know, like, I, I just anyone's followers. Like, yeah. I, I don't trust, like, the general population to just go to a spot and leave it completely spotless, you know? Or not to, like, get in over their head yeah. and well, somehow and things get shut down from I'm that. sure right. it's technically illegal. In like, certain spots, a, yeah, a totally. A lot of places because they don't want this liability and it's right. so lame versus yeah. that just sounds so cool. Like, yeah, but in Costa Rica, just, it's the opposite mindset. They're like, come to our waterfall. Come to our waterfall because, like, you know, they have, you know, they'll charge you a few bucks and, like, you know, maybe at the most, like, five bucks or something to get yeah. into a waterfall that is well-maintained. There's... There's no trash, you know. There's some some waterfalls. There's one that's like ten bucks, I think, called Nayaka, and that's like one of the most popular ones in Costa Rica. And they they have guys that will come in and like scrub the like algae off, like if Whoa. it's getting too slippery on some of the rocks. They'll come oh, and scrub to like it. keep people safe. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, there's wow. All sorts I thought of stuff you meant like, like for pictures, like oh, oh no, 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 no. No, that but, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but I mean, so they they welcome people. They want more people there because the people, a lot of people, own land right near a waterfall, but you can't own the water itself. So if you went and you hiked, river hopped all the way up, that's fine. You could do that. You wouldn't have to pay technically. Same with beaches. There, you can own the land around the beach. But not but the actual beach. You could swim there and no one can tell you get to get off the sand because it's public, you know. But yeah, so that was the cool thing about the whole culture there is they were a lot more accepting and just like you know, because for me it's like I mean, I understand sometimes the whole liability thing, but it's like why wouldn't you want someone to jump and do cool stuff? If they're professionals, they know what they're doing, like why not? It's it's never a problem with any other sport really. You know, skateboarding sometimes you know, they'll get kicked out of some spots. But I don't know many other sports. Like, skiing's pretty accepted everywhere and, like, so many skiing deaths a year. So why cliff jumping? Why is everyone so yeah. against it? It's because the only things you hear about it are the things on the news where it's like, oh, drunk teen j- goes cliff jumping, dies. It's like, okay, well, the teen was drunk, first of all. Probably didn't know what he or she was doing. 
and pro- like you know is probably pressured yeah. to do it like so if you There's can eliminate of some of those factors then it could be safe just like anything but dude that's amazing that's like the coolest like I love that you guys got to like do a little show and like yeah yeah they loved it I think that's such a a cool experience that's something I wish more people had a chance to do is just like perform whatever it is they're good at like yeah. I remember doing stunt shows and it's my favorite yeah. thing like even if there's you only did, a so couple you did like people. the BMX ones yeah so I still do every, from time to time what, what company do you do it with uh, Yellow Design Stunt Team oh, okay. here in Denver that's cool yeah I used to, I saw this one like because you know you probably work some of the same type of events sometimes. Yeah. And so I there's one called like the superhero stunt team or something. They they were doing some fairs in uh, Arizona, I think. Yeah, but I uh, mean, I was shocked to find out sure. how many BMX yeah. teams there are. Yeah, there's the multiple dive do show things yeah. too. It's like, but it's that's crazy. something that like I wish more people saw opportunity for because it's all out there. But there's a way to, like, show off whatever it is that you're good at, whether it's art, whether it's singing, whether it's anything. Yeah. Like, I think that's such a cool experience to be able to go do whatever it is that you're into. And even if you're just reasonably good at it, like, yeah. you don't have to be incredible. Um, yeah. It's such a rush to be able to, like, perform that in front of a crowd. And even if it, there's just, like, one person in the crowd that really, truly connects with it and they're yeah. just, like – into it and feeling it. It doesn't yeah. matter if no one else is even paying attention. They're yeah, all just if you like just tweeting impact that one person. Yeah, it's the coolest thing when someone comes up afterwards and they're like, "That was so cool!" And like they're genuinely fired up yeah. about it. And you can tell, like, even if they never go touch a BMX bike, like, yeah, you had a real moment and connection yeah. with someone. It's like the coolest thing. So, yeah, getting to do that like private, intimate show, yeah, for awesome. them is like the dream. Yeah, I was only going to jump once, but then I was like, okay, you guys literally built me a waterfall. I'll jump as many <laughs> times as I feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, awesome. That's wild. Yeah, but I just, yeah, the the amount that they, the people in Costa Rica are willing to just go out of their way to help you and help whatever's good. Like, you know, you'll see people just stop their car, go pick up a piece of trash, get back in their car and keep driving. What? And just like Costa Rica like bus drivers sometimes. I saw a bus driver do that one time. Yes. Bus full of people stopped the bus, went and grabbed a piece of trash. And I bet no one on the bus even complained. Yeah, no, of course. No. I mean, there's no complaining there. That's the other thing. Like, no one really, if you're complaining, it's like, okay, you get to the bottom of it real quick. And like, there's a much larger problem. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's like the people there just. And this is, you know, general, like from my experience in San Jose, it might be different in certain parts of Costa yeah. Rica, it may be different, but where I was at super surf town, super chill vibes, a lot of tourists there. Um, but yeah, just, I was amazed at the amount of people who just kind of brush things off. It's all good. You know, T- Tico time is a real thing. Like Costa Ricans are called Ticos or Ticas okay. for the ladies. Um, but yeah, Tico time is definitely a real thing where, you know, everything's anywhere from 15 to an hour late. Ah, <laughs> yes. I, I definitely got stuck on that while I was there. It was, it, was, it was bad. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And then, like, an hour and a half later, I'm like, all right, I'm on my way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> A friend from Thailand has had the same problem. Yeah, I bet. Where they, I forget what they um, – I think it's Maip and Rai is the Maip saying there, which yeah. is, like, s- similar as, like – such as life, you yeah. know, kind of a, a, um, 
Akuna Matata yeah. of, of Thailand. And she's like, yeah, I would show up on time because I'm used to, like, an American job where, like, five minutes early is still late. Yeah, right. And, and I'd show up and everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do that in, like, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're like, wait, what? <laughs> Might been right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, I know that speaking of more cliff jumping, um, it's it's cool you got started in Colorado because yeah. I feel like there's a couple spots that I know of, but, like, what yeah. do you do during the winter? Well, that's the thing is, like, it, the last few years now that, like, since I've been getting really serious into it, um, I've been trying to go, like, Get either, <laughs> yeah, either, like, go somewhere warm or, like, Last year, for the whole year, I lived in Tahoe, um, which was cold. But um, I have, like, I have a group of friends. We all go out and do a bunch of, you know, cliff jumping. It's, you know, kind of small crew, like anywhere, you know, kind of around like twenty, thirty of us, like you know, any up to a hundred, you know, there's wow. all around the country. But I have a big, like, a really good group of friends that live in uh, California, NorCal area, um, and that's kind of how got my whole start with them and um I, we've been friends for years now jumping all sorts of different cliffs and you know when you put yourself in situations like that with other people you get so close like you know a lot yeah, of them you're are all growing and progressing well, together. yeah and a lot of them like you're on the edge of a big ass cliff and you're you know contemplating you know if yeah. you are ready to do this and if you know or if you're gonna get knocked out if you land like you know it's serious stuff so when you get have those situations with people like that um you get really close and so i you know i lived out there with them and every now you know every as much as we can usually at least twice a month we'll go somewhere cool that's you know a little warmer has a little better weather there or sometimes we'll make a snowy cliff jumping excursion where we just wetsuit up and just hope for the best you know but you know living in colorado like you said like Starting here was good because there's no cold water anymore. No, everyone's like, oh, be careful, it's cold. No, it's not cold. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's yeah. not cold. I, I'm from Colorado. I it's, jumped it's into not... water that was ice five minutes ago. No, literally, there's a place I went in Silverton, and my like my main first mentor in cliff diving here in Colorado he, um, like I told you, like a lot of the, my friends from Costa Bonita yeah. would take me cliff diving, but this guy wasn't working there at the time, but he used to, his name is John Conyers. He's super rad dude. And he's been cliff diving in Colorado. He's like, it's, it's insane. Like he, he would go to these high Alpine lakes sometimes just by himself. So, you know, just maybe him and a friend, like nine mile, 10 mile hikes up you know, probably even there's ones that are more like 16 miles Jeez. up to these alpine lakes. Yeah, like past and then, tree line. Yeah, oh, way stuff. past tree line. Yeah. And it's like, you know, jumping off where there's snow everywhere. And, you know, and they were back in the day, they were just rocking the Speedos and yeah. just like snowy cliff diving in Speedos. Like <laughs> so, so raw. And I, I was always like, like when, man. whenever I went with them, I'd be like, oh man, I've been thinking about like wearing a wetsuit because then it won't be so cold. They're like, man up. Yeah. Don't be a pussy. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, no, okay, I guess. And so, you know, it's just, you know, you learn how to – it's just breathing. That's what I learned when you're in cold water, just breathe differently. Yeah. And, like, the, I, I haven't really studied the Wim Hof method or anything like that. I've heard it works and it's cool and everything. I just I just try to breathe twice as fast as I normally would. 
Yeah, and you definitely. That's have to probably the similar to the probably similar method or whatever is the Wim Hof method or. I don't really yeah. know. We're looking I've at you like we know. No, oh, you know do you guys, have you guys heard of that? It's I've like heard of it, guy and I looked it up once, and the, I... It's like the Wim Hof is the yeah. dude who, like, holds every record for, like, longest sitting in an ice bath or walking barefoot in Antarctica, like, in boxers or something, like, you know? What an interesting life he's chosen to live. <laughs> no, yeah, he, yeah. No, but that guy's, like, mad, mad successful now. It's... He has written books. He does seminars oh, that, sure. like... Like and he has people now that learn from him and teach seminars for him. Like it's that yeah, big. Like wow. it's crazy. Like um, yeah, I see, I'll see Facebook ads every once yeah. in a while for like no, the, I'm Wim, look Hoff, this guy the Wim Hof method and yeah. yeah. See, I learned that like cold water, you had to breathe more because I was rafting with my dad, and it was like a, it was a high season, yeah. and there was literally no rapids because it was huh. so high. Wow, it was above all the rocks, and so Jeez. the guy's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna be like." floating for like 10 minutes it's oh not really gosh. gonna be anything and then my dad's like you want to jump in the water and i was like yeah sure yeah. and he's like okay and he just chucks me overboard <laughs> and then obviously like i'm immediately out of breath because it yeah, it'll knock the wind out of you if you're not ready for it yeah and i'm just like sitting there gasping for it he's like breathe more or yeah <laughs> breathe, like breathe more, just yeah. like that was how i figured it out <laughs> yeah like, no that's basically what it is like because yeah it'll take your initial breath away but then and then people freak out because their breath got taken away freak out but once you're it's away it's like your breath is technically kind of taken away when you like take a breath yeah like when you go like that your breath is kind of taken away so if you just kind of like put your rhythm back to your breathing like you just have to like remind yourself to keep breathing and then just i i just try to do it twice as fast i'm just like (laughs) yeah when i'm like swimming you know dude but yeah it's it's definitely it takes a lot of getting used to but now I can jump in like any water. This place in Silverton, uh, we measured. It was like literally like he had a thing that measured it. And it was below freezing, literally yeah. below freezing in this alpine lake. The only thing that was keeping it from freezing was constant high wind. I was gonna say yeah. So if the water's that moving, it can't was freeze. a cold one. That <sighs> was the coldest one ever. That was that was bad. That was like twelve thousand six hundred feet up or something Jeez. like that. Whoa. Yeah. That is so rad, man. That is like the craziest. I feel like that's such a, a unique skill because being able to push yourself past fear mm-hmm. is probably something that you are uniquely gifted at at this point. Like you've yeah. built up a very specific skill of like, yeah. this is intimidating, but I'm going to trust my skill set. Yeah. And I think that that's something that everyone could probably get better at. Yeah. And I think it definitely applies to anything though. Like, you know, you... And it's fear is like, everyone's like, oh, you're like, it's crazy that you're not afraid of it. And it's like, I'm afraid. Like, I get, <laughs> I get scared. You know, I'm jumping off huge stuff that could probably kill me. You know, right. if you I land know wrong. the consequences. Yeah, That's I'm very thing. aware. But fear is like a muscle, just like any other muscle in your body. You know, you work it out. It gets stronger. It gets more resilient. So you scare yourself more and you get less scared. Or not even that you get less scared, but you are able to push, you know, it's like, it's same as lifting weights. Like, yeah, you're able to just deal you know, with you, it more. Like at some point, you know, you may not be able to lift, you know, the 50 pound weight. Right. But you lift enough of the 45 pound weights, then you can, you know, you can yeah, move fear up. Is a, a like, big heavy barbell. Like one, you might not be able to pick it up, or, uh, but you start working with things that kind of scare you. Right. And then all of a sudden you build a tolerance and you build like, 
because that's something that I think we routinely try and do in our channel is like scary ourselves enough to where yeah. like going and like talking to your boss about like the raise that you really yeah. think that you deserve becomes less scary because yeah. you just went and did something that was like genuinely dangerous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can build up that muscle, like you said. Yeah. And it's like the same way, like, you know, yeah, you lift that 50 pound weight and then later on down the road, you're lifting a hundred pounds. You go back to lift that 50 pound weight. It's still 50 pounds. It's not a feather. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't take away the weight that it ever was. It's always been 50 pounds. So a 50 foot cliff is still scary. You know, it's like, it could still, like I've seen people break their backs and, you know, you know, horrible stuff from 50 feet only, you know, and then you've just gotten stronger, but now I can jump a hundred feet too, but it's like insane with that. And I've jumped above a hundred feet, but it doesn't let make a hundred feet any less scary, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it is like, it doesn't get any lighter just because you've gotten stronger. Yeah, exactly. It's still dangerous no matter how comfortable I am with it. That's like, I mean, it's less dangerous the more comfortable I am. Technically, it's all mental, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of it's just mental. It's muscle memory. If you've done it once off 70 feet, if you go to do that same exact motion off 75, there's a good chance you'll still be okay. Even if you do that same exact motion maybe slow it down a little and then same goes for all the way up yeah but heck that's yeah. the thing that i've never understood is like gauging it <laughs> right gauging the speed uh, i've see, never even attempted about, i don't think that's why it's like great about cliff diving though it's like it's not speed doesn't have anything to do with it and that's why i've or i guess timing maybe right yeah no time it's all just timing and body control but like i have friends that base jump and they've been you know I have so many people like, oh, you should base jump and skydive. And I'm like, yeah, like I will eventually, I'm sure. But I don't like trusting equipment, you know. When it's cliff diving, Mm -hmm. I like it because it's me. I'm barefoot. I just got board shorts on. There's nothing that can go wrong that's not my fault. If I'm base jumping and I pull my thing and the line gets twisted or it just doesn't pull or something, you know, something weird happens that I died because of that the failure of the parachute but if you're but the one for that me, packed it then right oh yeah then, i mean it, that but you get what i mean like yeah if, you it's know, like when I, dan osmond free climbed like a bunch of stuff yeah and then when he died it was the one time he wore a harness and the harness broke exactly yeah like same, <laughs> same type shit it's yeah. like i i don't want like if i get hurt and you know get messed up doing something i want it to be like my fault like i don't want to sit back afterwards and be like, oh, well, if only my board shorts were... If they were blue, <laughs> I wouldn't blue, have gone Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's like, it's it's all on me. And that like yeah. gives you a whole different, like, appreciation for it too, because you can't rely on anything to save you. You just rely on yourself and like, I don't know. Yeah, that's absolutely real, man. Um, so speaking of Costa Rica, you do a lot of cool... Um, different things like you went and were a guide for a while. I know that you yeah. put on an event here yeah. as well that's yeah. gotten pretty big. I mean, it sounds really awesome. Yeah, so I put it together the first time two years ago. This is the third annual this year. Okay. Um, it's called the Cliff Cruise. I started it in Colorado here. And it's basically really the main idea at first was just the fact that like I was like, oh my gosh, I know all these amazing cliff divers, cliff jumpers. And through that, I've met all these amazing photographers and videographers. And 
like none of them have really been out here to Colorado to my home state and there's so many amazing you know cliff diving spots and hot springs and you know just cool views and waterfalls and everything for people to see and so I was like why you know I got to get all my friends out here so originally I just wanted to get everyone out um for an event but then I started thinking about it and I was like you know we have all these amazing cliff jumpers here I have this perfect cliff that we're going through first maybe maybe we'll hold a competition yeah you know we'll get some judges I know some dive coaches I know some you know pro skiers snowboarder kind of people um like why not let's just have a little competition you know a little friendly competition we'll get some brands to like give us some you know some board shorts some hats some you know a gift card for their company yeah or, some swag whatever. yeah some beer whatever it is and we'll put together like some prize packages won't be that hard you know and so I just started, you know, it became, you know, it started just this, you know, f- trip with all my friends. But then I was like, this could be so much more, you know, we could really, you know, we could eventually, you know, have music here and like, like get all this different stuff involved. So at first I was just like, okay, let's get these people here. Let's, you know, have a little competition. Maybe we'll hold a little cleanup event where we can like, you know, we have a hundred people here, a hundred people showed up. Let's clean up all this trash. Let's clean up any of the trash that we see. And then it just, you know, kind of exploded from there because now we have, you know, 15 different photographers and video- videographers there at the same event. We have like, you know, 30 different cliff divers and then all this content just goes everywhere and it just, you know, kind of exploded. And so I went, I was like, I have to do it again. Everyone was like, yeah. that was the, <laughs> like, I had so many friends and so like people from 13 states, different states came out to the first wow. one. Wow. And for everyone, like people drove from Vermont, drove Whoa. all the way out here for it. And then from California and like all, all parts of the, you know, all parts of the country. And so I was like, holy crap, this many people are down to do this. And this is only the first time I've done it. Imagine how much crazier it could be next year. And, and I thought about it and I was like, okay, I don't know if I would want to do it in Colorado again. We kind of hit all the spots, but California has tons of sweet spots cool waterfalls and you know all that sort of stuff let's try it there and so and i knew some places in california already all my friends that big group of friends i have is already in california let's make it happen so last year i did it in california and you know we started working with you know the first year we worked with like 14 or brewing there's like belong designs we had um i think I don't know if Volcom was in yet. We had a couple of different, you know, yeah. kind of smaller scale brands. It was just, I didn't, w- wasn't even trying to kind really make money or do anything like that. I just wanted to get some free stuff for people, some free beers so that people could enjoy it and have kind of more of an incentive to come. But then the next year, yeah, the California year, we got Volcom involved. We got high brew coffee. We got Sawyer products that do those like um, water filter yeah. things. We got like all these different companies and then they started paying too. Like I started, I made some pretty decent money off of the uh, event, you know, just doing sponsorship stuff. And well, because it was hard. a ton of work for you. Yeah. Right? And it's I not mean, like yeah. you're making free money. Right. No. And it's, yeah, it definitely worked for it for sure. It's a lot of work organizing a hundred people to move, travel around a state for an entire week. It's because it, it's the competition and we usually do a cleanup day. And then for the rest of the time, we go to the best cliffs. Oh, there's so many logistics, I'm sure. Yeah, and so, and just traveling with 100 people carpooling, or I mean, like in a convoy of cars, you can imagine Hmm. at some point people get lost, people, 
everyone wants to stop and take a picture here. And then, oh, we're now, we're all stopping to take a picture here. Let's hang out for a little while. And then, you know, so it's hard. It definitely, you know, it's hard work, but it's work that I love to do. And, and then, but this year we're doing one in Washington. Washington's going to be sweet. It's like, has some of the most waterfalls of any state in the U.S. It's, it's insane. And so basically same thing. We'll do like a competition the first day. um, And then. We'll travel around a bit. We'll do a cleanup event near Seattle. Um, there's like a hundred foot jump that we're going to do at some point during there. Um, yeah, it's just so much fun. It's getting bigger and bigger. And I'm just trying to, you know, kind of involve more um, people, more um, like, yeah, just more like excitement, more things to offer. You know, eventually I want to get like, I think there'll be some music there this year, like kind of some like, um, some smaller scale stuff, but eventually it'd be cool to like make it a festival of some sort. Like, yeah, like that slightly, like or just like that first thing. weekend is like a festival, and then people that want to stick around. I don't know. I have a lot of ideas I'm working on with it, but I definitely see it expanding every year. Um, so is it open to people? That was yeah, gonna be my yeah. yeah. So yeah. so basically, what it is like anyone like anyone can go. Not anyone can compete. Um, but anyone can be eligible to like be considered to compete. Like anyone can like, basically what I do is for the people who are competing, they have to send in a little video kind of showcasing what they're going to do. Um, it's a 65 foot cliff this year. And then there's another one that's lower. We usually do a higher height and a lower height so that we can have two different styles of jumping kind of. Yeah. Like two different classes. almost. Yeah. So, um, if all goes according to plan, we'll be doing that again. So the people send in, I, I pretty much say that, you know, you want, send me in what tricks that you would want to do. It's four tricks, um, that four different tricks that you have to do. So, you know, send me videos of you being able to do that. I don't want you coming here and not knowing how to do it and be like, oh, I'll learn it. I'll be fine. No, like you send me videos of you doing that same thing yeah. off of a similar height, then, then it's, there's like an entry fee for the contestants and then. Um, and then, yeah, but I mean, anyone can be considered. That's the one thing about Red Bull is it's very good. It's very like high class competitions, amazing, but it's like, it definitely leaves less room for, um, people to get into it. And that's where I think, um, the, like the pull of what we're doing, why this is getting so popular, what we're doing is it's freestyle. It's not a certain type of form. You can have different types of forms. You can be a male or female and, compete in the same thing same different heights as whatever you want you know so i think it gives a little bit more diversity and a little bit more opportunities to make it different and yeah i think you know it's growing every year so it's just a matter of time before it kind of blows up and i've you know i have some friends who are actually talking to red bull and there can you know there could be a point yeah, well, where we could collaborate on it and make it just another facet of their thing. Yeah. Like a stop and, you know, of if, their, yeah. So it's, it's all up in the air, but I just, you know, I enjoy doing it. It's making me money. So I might as well, I might start doing like a couple of workshop things where I take some people out for a weekend, um, you know, teach them techniques and all that, like, you know, yeah. more of a learning thing. Cause I think a lot of people on Instagram and you know, like I see people who literally have no like background of anything, but they have a lot of followers on Instagram. So like, come to this retreat with me. We're going to Bali and I'll teach you how to social media. 
Yeah. And they literally have no, like literally like, <laughs> no background of any sort of anything. It's just like maybe some chick or some dude or like maybe some butt pictures involved. Yeah. That <laughs> got them there. And yeah. And so, so I'm like, okay, well, if they can do it and they have no experience, have no teaching experience, I could do it because I actually was a dive coach back in the day and I know what I'm doing and I know how to teach people to do it safely. So. I'd love to learn how to like, I don't want to yeah. probably go more than like, 45, 50 feet uh, probably getting, ever. So but. Gavin is the one, like, we go to St. Mary's, and oh, that, yeah. that's what, like, 30-ish, yeah, something like, 30, like that. 40. I think at this point I, I'm fairly comfortable. But that first time was rough getting me off it, that thing. It, it, he was the one that was up there for a good five to ten minutes, like, I got this. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. He's like, like, you got it, dude. Uh, I got this. <laughs> he finally did it, but he is one that is terrified of heights, but then when he can overcome it, it's, it's weird, pretty, yeah. It's yeah, only it's pretty rad. like it's it's only in that instance. Like I don't yeah. mind like heights of really like I'll climb stuff no problem. I'll like I used to climb cell phone towers. Like I've climbed yeah. to like seven hundred feet Jeez, yeah. on a cell tower and like I'll jump my bike, I'll do all yeah. kinds of stuff, but there's something so Certain, visceral yeah. about like there are some consequences to that. And, like, yeah. I feel so well, outside Mary's, of my... St. Mary's can be a little shallow, too. That one scares me a little bit, too, because certain times of the year, it's like you really do have to jump out pretty far yeah. to clear the shallow zone. Yeah. It's, most, it's mostly just, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, that's where I think that's, just, like, a small nudge in the right direction of, like, this is some techniques. These are yeah. where I think that could really be valuable. Yeah. For sure. No, totally. And a lot of people have that same way, but they don't like it. It's good to sometimes sit there for a minute and like think about it and be like, you know, really process it. It's definitely not good to be there too long because then it gets worse yeah. and worse. But there, I'm like a lot of a lot of the big cliffs I've jumped, pretty much all the big cliffs I've jumped, I've been to once, maybe twice, three, four times before jumping it. Yeah. And just standing up there and thinking about it. Like, a lot of people think I just, like, find a random clip and I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> like, no. Like, all the, like, I've done, you know, every, like, most, I'd say, like, pretty much mostly everything, all but a couple jumps that I've done on over 100 feet, I've been to at least one time before to really think about it. And I bailed and I came back and did it because you have to know when is the right time. And that's the biggest problem with people and cliff diving and cliff jumping is there's sometimes peer pressure or they're like, you know, you know, whatever it may be, but then they just do it without knowing what they're doing. And that's where problems happen. You know, people go outside yeah. of their comfort zone. They're like, Oh, or another thing is like green mountain reservoir is a good example. Like, Oh, I jumped it. I jumped it last year. It's good. I know how to do it, but okay. Water levels change. You know, like, yeah, it's not always like, especially places like Green Mountain Reservoir, a lot of reservoirs and stuff like in the summer, like in the middle of August, the cliff, the highest cliff there is 45 feet. Right now, that same cliff is over 100. Whoa. That is how much the water changes. Yeah, that's nuts. So you could be going on a cliff, like a little drunk maybe, or like this is what happens when people, you know. Yeah. They, they're like, oh, yeah, like I jumped this cliff like. It seems big, two but mo- I've Two months ago even. Like it changes like. Weekly probably. Yeah, my buddy went there and he was like, oh, there's this like 80, 80 footer there. And I went like three days later and it was 60 feet. Wow. 
the water level like and that place is more extreme of water level change like compared to other places but it does happen you know like there are a lot of places like that where water will go up and down a lot and if you're not aware and you're not measuring things you're not depth checking how do you depth check that's actually swim swim so you'll like eye up a cliff and then you'll Go down See, there like, this is probably where I'd be landing. Try and find swim the bottom. Swim it out. Yeah, get some goggles on. Go down there. Go as far as you can down there. Go in every direction. Sometimes we'll, you know, depending on if it's really cold, sometimes we'll hop in a little little raft or something and just use Pull a long ground. stick or something. You know, we need at least 10 feet usually um, for most any jump. So we'll, you know, kind of poke down or usually we just swim it out. That's the best way. Um, cause yeah. then you can see it and look and like, okay, there's specifically oh, it's a just rock sand here. at the bottom. So even if I, you know, it's 12 feet, if I did touch the bottom, it's not the end of the world or, oh, there's a boulder right here, but everything else is super, super deep, you know? Yeah. Like my friend just jumped this one in Oregon. I was kind of bummed to miss it, but, um, it's called Abaqua Falls in Oregon. It's like, if you've seen pictures of waterfalls in Oregon, like pretty much any of them, you've probably seen this one. It's like super okay. majestic looking. And we, like my friends and I became some of the f- first people to ever jump off of it um, because, you know, there are definitely some hazards there. There is a rock that's like, you know, three, four feet under the water in Ooh. one spot. There's a big boulder in one spot. Every other spot's fine. If you know how to not land on that one spot, you're good. But you just have to, you know, know that it's right there and jump a different direction. It's yeah. not hard. It's not a, a boulder the size of this room. It's like a boulder maybe that could fit barely under this you know, yeah. desk. But still, that's big enough. If you hit that, you're dead. You know? Yeah. And it's a 100-foot waterfall. So, like... That's yeah. wild. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's just... It's cool going to all the different places. Each one is different. There could be a 50-footer that's way scarier than a 100-footer that I've jumped just because of what's around. And that's why it's all so exciting for me and i think the rebel cliff diving like i was saying it's so cool but for me i think there would maybe get to a point where i'd you know kind of just be still looking for more um and that's why i'm doing that now i'm trying to find everything that's out there now maybe if they want to work together and i could you know maybe one day i'll end up doing a competition with them but it's not like what i'm pushing for it's not like what I'm dreaming about every night. It's like, you know, I'm on my own kind of path and I'm in between the whole world because I still have kind of the form of like the Red Bull Cliff Diver and kind of Olympic yeah, like form. Yeah, like a yeah. more traditional Yeah, diver. more traditional diving form, whereas a lot of my freestyle cliff jumping friends and all the friends I travel jumping waterfalls with, they have freestyle. They have like, you know, a lot of them are skiers and snowboarders, so they like tweak and do different grabs and all that sort of stuff. And it looks way different than the way I jump. Hmm. You can always tell the difference, but, um, but it's cool. Cause every different style is um, like really cool. I think in my mind, every, you know, even if you do a front flip, uh, half twist and you add a grab, it can be just as cool or cooler than if you do it like a perfect form, you know, like, you know, yeah, like absolutely perfect. Yeah, and just... Which, and that can look awesome. That can look yeah. super cool, but so can like, doing a little mute grab or, you know, just doing a little squirrel grab on a gainer, you know, like there's certain things and that like would not be allowed in Red Bull. They do not allow, you know, it's diving form only. If you don't do a diving form, you're getting zeros and it's all that competition aspect. And I think competitions are cool in the sake of holding an event. I 
but as far as myself i think it's cool more so the expression of it than the competition of it heck yeah yeah but that's awesome dude i'm so psyched to hear what you're doing with the cliff cruise because that's it sounds fun. I'd, yeah. I'd like to go. Yeah, yeah, it's August 23rd to the 30th in Washington. We're starting down south in Washington. At, um, the competition's going to be at Upper Lewis River Falls, which is just, like, gorgeous. There's just moss everywhere. The The guys are going to be jumping off this, like, literal waterfall edge. Like, there's water coming over the edge, and they're standing right there where the water's coming off. Oh, that's And sick. jumping. Yeah. It's really cool. That's the other reason why I like it above Red Bull Cliff Diving is they'll maybe do one event um, that's um, off of an actual cliff face. But that's what I love about it is doing, you know, they always set up platforms. But I like the natural element of it and being able to literally stand where there's water coming off the edge of a waterfall and just like jumping off. It, there's no better feeling for me. But yeah. yeah, it sounds so fun. Like, like I said, from the beginning, the Colorado one, it's like, damn, I want to do that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you, it definitely, you guys are invited and anyone that wants to go definitely it's, it's for watch. me, it's more of like, uh, like I'm trying to organize it in a way that where it like, doesn't it explode too crazy w- with people, but also at the same time, it, it still grows, you know? So like, I don't put massive flowers out or flowers, flyers. I don't put <laughs> massive flyers out or like, you know, blast it to everyone but i mean i do but it's more of a if you want to come you can but ask so that i can put you on the private event page type thing yeah because i don't want it to just because i've organized like little just weekend events sometimes here in colorado and then all of a sudden it was like a public event i just invited some friends and then all of a sudden like there's a hundred people 200 people like oh this looks fun let's go and i'm like uh uh, I don't know about that. But like for the cliff cruise, we usually have at least a hundred people there. Um, so I'm expecting that, but I don't want it to get so out of control to where I can't can, like right, can make it that's, manage that's everything. Yeah. And, and like, I don't want people showing up either that are not about what I'm about. You know, if there are people that show up and don't know that I'm about cleaning up the environment and that I don't stand for people leaving their trash or anything yeah, like it hiking, should look you know? just as if, great and, after you and leave. so I, w- I almost feel accountable like if if I am holding this event and people show up and they leave trash without me knowing somehow or whatever you know like we always clean up yeah. the spots but things can happen I may leave a tiny bit earlier than the f- entire rest of the people so you know and then if if we have this whole event everyone leaves there's trash left behind then someone sees oh well these guys with this event left this trash it's like no i'm not okay with that that's why i like to keep it small still in a way because it's also hiking it's you know traveling road tripping around a state you know you don't want 500 people doing that whole thing but usually the most people show up just for the first three days like the event portion where Mm -hmm. they can watch the competition be you know around all that um but yeah so i mean it's it's tough trying to organize something that you want to grow, but you don't want to grow out of control. Yeah. Just grow at a a sustainable pace. Yeah. Yeah. That's with the right people. Like that's the key is just the right people. Yeah. But it sounds really fun. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's all about just finding the things that you love doing and putting them all together. For me, this cliff cruise thing 
made so much more sense than I could ever realize. And I didn't even realize that, like, if I could put together all my favorite things in one thing, it would be basically the Cliff Cruise. It, yeah. What it is. It's like, what do I like to do? I like to jump off stuff. I like to explore places. I like to hang out with my friends. I like to party. I like to have my friends party with me. And I like to camp. And I like to road trip. And I like making money. So <laughs> if I can do all these things, what could I, like, what situation could I think of in my head? And it's exactly that, you yeah. know? And it's not making me a lot of money. I'm not rich at yeah. all. Like, I, I'm not, I don't have that much money. And, but... You know, but the joy quote is full, and that's, yeah, that's damn right. Thing. Yeah, I mean, damn right. That's, that's the important thing. That's how, at least I feel. I, I'm sure I'm speaking for Dylan as well. Like, as soon as we had the idea for the joy quota, and like everything we're doing with our channel and this podcast and everything we're just trying to like get out into the ether. Yeah, it's everything that we want to do. Like you said, it's just if I could put everything I'd like to be doing into one thing yeah. and then sure enough now we're doing it yeah I mean I think I think that's so important I think if everyone just went down took a piece of paper and you write let's say the five things that you love the most the things that make you you know the mo- the most happy like whether it's like a hobby or like you people, know people yeah. or like people in your life that are important it's like you, you f- take those five things that are most important to your happiness and then just brainstorm like even a weird unique way like that maybe might not make sense at first because that was the thing for me I was like if I could just like organize a party and cliff dive and travel and get paid that's what I want to do <laughs> but then I was like okay that that doesn't make sense but then I thought about it more and I was like okay wait maybe if the party was a cliff jumping event and the cliff jumping event made me money through sponsors and I made videos because I love making videos. That's another thing. I like, you know, creating things to share with people, whether it's videos, photos, like whatever. Just whatever content you can. So, yeah, just it, it ended up making so much more sense than I ever thought. And I think if people just maybe the people at home or people listening to this just went home and just, you know, write down five things that you love the most or that make you the most happy, like five things that make you wake up and be like, all right, we're doing this, you know, then you put them all together and then just come up with the, maybe come up, try to come up with the weirdest way that you can make money with those five things. And maybe you'll come up with something that no one else has. And I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, Seems to be working for you. So yeah, it's barely possible. enough to like enough to be here and be talking about it. And yeah, it's definitely you know just like anyone building and like an entrepreneur or anyone building a dream. You guys know it doesn't you know you're doing it, you're doing the thing, but you're not quite where you want to be. But you're you have so much to already show yeah. for. You have things that like you guys got this amazing setup. This is like you know, this is incredible to already be this far in it. So you have a lot to show for it. Same with me. I, I have a lot of stuff under my belt. I have a lot of experience, but I have so far to go to where I want to be. But that's, you know. I think that's a big part of it is like, by definition, if you've written down the five things that are important to you and that fill your joy quota the most and literally like 
these things all just pour life into you and they get you so excited and pumped up about where your life is going. Yeah. Even if you don't make money for a while or even ever, it would still be massively worth it. Yeah. I think that's the part that's like so easy to look past because in Costa Rica, like I doubt anyone would have a problem with that concept. They're like, no, that's just what makes me happy. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. Versus even if here we get so caught up in like, oh, but like, how do I monetize this right now? How do I immediately figure out a way to where this is making me all my money? It's like. Do you, did you not just remember that all of those things are yeah. the most important things in your life? Like, yeah. enjoy the fact that even if you don't make money right away, you're, that you're, you're doing enjoying, yeah, and what you love. So even if you're struggling or, like, you're not necessarily filling the bank account up, it's like yeah. you've already fulfilled yourself. Like, you're already living your life's purpose. Yeah, and that's what I realized. Like, I realized it, like, almost every day in Costa Rica, especially with the people we would take on tour um there was this one guy it stuck out like stuck out to me like none other it was like a week before i left too and this guy um we were at this bar me and one of my friends and this guy comes up recognizes us and he's like yo you guys were my tour guides the other day holy oh my god let me go let me buy you guys a shot and we're like okay cool like right on this guy's cool and because, I mean, we saw a lot of people, so we didn't necessarily recognize yeah. him. But we're like, yeah, we, you know, we take a lot of people on tours. But, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we took glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, awesome. And he was, like, so stoked on the tour. He loved everything about it. And he was like, yeah, let me buy you guys a shot. You got any friends here? I'll buy them shots. Like, he, this guy was, like, you know, just throwing his money around. And he was, like, just offering to buy anyone's shot. And he was like, who wants a shot? Yeah, get that guy a shot. Whatever, you know. And we start talking to this guy, start drinking with this guy a little bit. And then we get later in the night and he's like, man, he like starts to get real with us. He's like, dude, you guys are so lucky to do what you do. And at, by this point he would, he had spent so much money. Yeah. So we're like, dude, like, I don't know. You seem to be doing okay. You got a lot of money. Like you, he's like, I hate my life, dude. I hate my life so much. I dread it every single day. This is going to be the best week of my year. And this is what I'm going to be thinking about the entire year until I go back. And this is what you guys do every day and I was like damn you're right like yeah I'm not buying everybody's shots but I'm here every day you know I'm I'm able to be here every day for months and that's he was like dude like if I could go and do it all over again I would just go travel and go like do something like what you guys are doing being tour guides or doing whatever and we're, and we're like okay well it's nice it's not there are downsides like you know you don't you don't yeah yeah it's like the money thing is you know for sure like you don't get paid as much in costa rica um like you know i'd i would walk home with like you know usually you know it was usually at least you know 30 bucks i think was like 35 bucks was like the main pay i think and then if you get tips on top of that it's you know usually 40 bucks was like an average tip day so yeah. that was good you know 80 bucks in a day that's decent sometimes you don't get tipped you know sometimes it's a very yeah. low tip so then you know walking home with a full day of work with that much money it's like a little discouraging but then you also think okay the price of living here is cheaper and i don't need as much here groceries are cheaper um so yeah you just factor it all in and then like another 40 year old lady came to me like uh 
and like it was two weeks before I left and she was like like she was like away from her family and stuff she's like don't tell my family this but you know I really I just wish I would have done what you guys are doing when I was younger and I just wish that I would have enjoyed my life and traveled more and do all that and it was another lady who's like super successful rich family they have everything they could ever want but they're you know she's not happy because you know they they spend their whole year waiting to get to Costa Rica for one week whereas you could live under different circumstances and live in Costa Rica full time it's just all about how you set your standards of living and yeah stuff one more importantly I mean that's that's kind of what inspired Dylan and I to start this is like don't wait for that one week a year in Costa Rica like yeah Wherever that lady is, I promise you she can go find some fear, push her yeah. boundaries, and, like, experience the same levels of joy yeah. in Costa Rica or yeah, that she home. experienced there at home. At right. home. Yeah. And, like, uh, there was an SNL clip I saw recently of Adam Sandler, like, pretending to be a tour guide in Italy. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, a, a big joke is every couple seconds in the video they're like, and warning, if you are miserable at home, you are going to be miserable here. Yeah. I cannot change who you are as a person. That's so I true. can just put you in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like if you would like to be a, a happier person, like, work on that. Maybe do therapy, but, like, yeah. coming here is yeah. not the, the solution. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do here is, like, hopefully help people like that where yeah. they – go see that maybe life has more to offer and yeah. challenge them to, to go f- find those peak moments no yeah. matter where they're at. Yeah. Because people always say they want, like, oh, I want to go travel. I want to do this. It's like, do you, though? Are you traveling? Do, do, your choice is because not saying you, that. <laughs> you could. You could be traveling. Do you want to? Because, like, it, the truth is in the action. Like, if you're not traveling, you don't really want to travel that much. Right. If you're traveling, you make the time. You make the time hard. for it. It's like there. I saw this one like meme or something that was on the internet. It's like, you know, uh, we like if you want to travel more, maybe just try making sandwiches. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you cut back on one part of your life, you'd be surprised how much more abundance you have in other parts of your life. Like, yeah, I don't buy like new electronics every time they come out. I don't have a new car. I don't have. New sh- I don't buy new shoes all the time. I don't buy new clothes all the time. But, and and I eat pretty, like, I don't go out that much to, for, to yeah. eat, you know. and But I travel, you know, Six at least a, a couple of weeks out of the month, every month on average, you know. I'm always going somewhere, and everyone's like, oh, must be nice to be able to travel all the time and have the money for that. I'm like... I barely have the money for it. I, I scrape by in my other parts of my life so that I, I can travel because that is what makes me happy. If what makes you happy is eating food, then yeah, cut your travel budget, spend more on McDonald's and you'll be good. But if you want to travel, if you actually want to travel more, then you could, I, I guarantee there's something that you could cut out of your life that could give you more opportunities or time or energy to do traveling or whatever it is you do want, you know? Yeah, and if just eating McDonald's makes you happy, I think there's a there's more yeah. problems under. <laughs> yes. I mean, we can say at least Shake Shack, at least Shake yeah, Shack come might on. make you happy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, but that's yeah. that's a but good yeah. point. I mean, 
it goes back to making that list of like the five things that are really truly yeah. important to you that really truly fill your joy quota and like gets you pumped up on life and yeah. just start making choices that only get you closer to those five things. Yeah. Even if you can't like overnight choose to go do all of those things, you can at least start changing the direction you're headed to be yeah. pointed towards those things, whether it's yeah. friends and family, whether it's food, whether it's travel, whether it's maybe you're just really into like having an old car that you get to restore, but yeah. you never actually took the time to start saving for it or yeah. even start looking for one or like yeah. it, it takes a lot of little tiny steps, but it all really starts with that first step of making a list of what's really important to you yeah. and then building the plan around that instead of what I think a lot of us fall ass backwards into is yeah. all of a sudden we're on a plan, we're on a path, and then yeah. we look for how can we make the best out of what path we're on yeah. instead of, no, this is what's important to me. How can I make a path that gets me there? Yeah, yeah. It, there's just a feeling of comfortability that everyone – or not everyone wants. I think I think it's more of like not maybe brainwashed, but more of like a just everyone feels the need to think that they just need to get as comfortable as they can where they're at. And that's good for some people. If you just start a family, yeah, get comfortable, get your house, get settled, you know. But sometimes that's more detrimental. It's more dangerous to be too settled, yeah. too comfortable. Like, you know, people just are like, oh, yeah, it's kind of fine now. Like, my job kind of sucks, but I'm kind of making enough money. But if you if you have something that you've been, like, waiting to do and you've been, like, putting off and you're just, like, this dream in your mind, like, the time isn't even now. The time's, like, yesterday. You're already late. Everyone's up. If you've had a dream at all and you haven't acted on it immediately, you're late. Like it's Get yesterday it. that you needed to start doing it. And so, and that's like, you know, th I've, you know, moved from where I'm at a couple of times. I move like almost every year to a different place. And I, I think that keeps me on my toes. It keeps me young and flexible with where I'm at and what I can do. And I think everyone should move away from where they're comfortable at, at least once in their life yeah you know there's too many we people. encourage that <laughs> yeah for sure like i encourage anyone to move to a brand new state even if you don't know anyone there or a brand new country i'd never been to costa rica before i moved there i don't i didn't speak spanish before i went there i knew hola gracias you know yeah. the very bare yeah, tequila yeah like the bare 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 minimum i learned a decent amount while i was there i'm not like conversationally fluent or anything but I learned a lot. Um, but it's like, it is possible. It's like all, it's all with how uncomfortable you're willing to be, you know? Mm -hmm. But totally. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, we always end by asking the same question. Yeah. What fills your, or when you think of the word joy, what comes okay. to mind? And like, there's no pressure on this. This is just for you. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be a good story or anything. Like literally just, Take a moment and just like, what comes to mind when you think of joy? When just I like think of you. joy, the first thing, probably nature. You know, yeah. nature just outside, being outdoors, waterfalls make me happy, flowing water, um, and just uh, like jumping, flipping, flying. Yeah. You know, like airtime, feeling gravity. 
that that would be the most. And also, like, it does make me very, very happy when I see that, like, something that I've done has positively impacted, like, someone else. Like, I'll get messages sometimes where people are like, you know, I saw there's a movie. I definitely encourage everyone to watch it. It's called Flow State on YouTube. And it's uh, Nick Coulter. He's an incredible videographer, made this full length uh, documentary about cliff jumping, cliff diving, like into the mind of a freestyle cliff jumper. It's incredible uh, documentary released on YouTube for free, like a little while ago. So it's definitely worth a watch. But, um, you know, that definitely dives into like you know so much different stuff about the mental side of things and I've gotten messages from that from people who are like you know that changed my life you know I was depressed and I just watched that movie and now like I'm I want to start cliff jumping like I want to start doing this I want to start you know exploring outdoors more and now I'm happy I've been going outside every day for a month and I'm just like that type inspiring you know inspiring makes me happy that's huge I think that's a I mean I don't I'm sure there's like many people that are like clinically depressed and they can't do it but for a lot of people that claim to be depressed or feel depressed it's really just lack of getting up and doing something. Yeah, it's like, if, I think a lot of what people consider depression is just lack of inspiration, you know? It's like, yeah. And like we've all felt that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, everyone's like the, had it. Everyone, I, I yeah. still go through that, and I do crazy stuff sometimes. And it's like, I still get bored sometimes. I still get stagnant or feel like, oh, where am I going? What am I doing with life? Everyone feels that way, you know? But it's like, sometimes you just need to move, travel, switch things up, and it puts you in a new element. People get so comfortable in their element that, yeah, they get bored of it and they get depressed because they're bored of their life. If you're bored of your life, you're obviously going to be depressed. That's like, you know, you can't be bored of your life and be happy. And so like you have to do things that don't bore you. If you're working a job and it's boring, you're literally killing yourself. And like worse than if you're actually physically hurting, like killing yourself. It's like mentally killing yourself. So, you know, you have to like step out of that. And even if you're because even like once you work a job, like some people have never worked a job that they really have fun at or really like. And once you do, you realize the importance of money isn't as great, you know? Yeah, it's fulfillment first. Yeah. And then the rest usually falls in line. Yeah. But when you when you have money and you have a job, you're like, Oh, but what can I do without it? I can I couldn't make less money than this or I couldn't have less than this. It's like, but d- what if you enjoyed what you did? What yeah. if your job was traveling? What if your job was sewing or what if your job was doing whatever it is that you'd love to do? Then, oh, wait. Oh, well, if I got paid to do that, then, you know, I wouldn't have to work 40 hours a week to fund the act of doing that, you know, people love skiing. People wish they could ski all the time. What if you quit your job and just started skiing all the time? Maybe you could get sponsored. Maybe you could start a podcast. Maybe you could start a, you know, something, you know, like a tour. Maybe you could go be a ski patrol person. Yeah, Go learn with the best and maybe you could teach other people, you know, 
Or eat shit really bad and make your own Jerry of the day picture. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, you could go viral just from that and just ride the rest of your life off of <laughs> yeah, dude. a viral video, maybe. I don't know. Well, thank you so much yeah, for dude. joining us, thank dude. You this guys. has been awesome. You are yeah. such a cool guy. And you too. You guys um, too. Just so glad you're able to come by and share some of your awesome stories. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, some of your message. Travis Sims on Instagram. Anything else? Your Cliff Cruise, if you want to do it, yeah, reach out to him hit and me apply. Up. Yeah, reach out to me. It's, yeah, like I said, it's one of those things that, you know, I I, I want people, I want as many people to be there, but I, I want to be the right people. I want to be people who support the planet, support the movement of what we're doing. But yeah, I accept anyone there. So if you're interested in the event, just hit me up and I'll definitely send the invite your way and yeah i mean it was awesome being on the show with you guys you guys are great this is definitely gonna take off anything that involves you know positivity and you know spreading happiness is gonna work you know we appreciate that thanks man thank you heck yeah definitely cool sweet appreciate it thanks guys (laughs)